You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Provide the Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dalton. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. You're listening to the Classic Car Show and we have the classic Mr. Jim Weber here at the round table. Our uh, friend Mr. Ronaldo is uh, parts unknown, I guess. No, no, no. He's in Homa, Louisiana. He he is down there with the alligators and the Cajuns. I'm not going to touch that. Uh, (laughs) Is he crawdad fishing, you reckon? Um, do you fish crawdads or do you net them? I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't think he eats that stuff because if it doesn't go on top of a pizza, he won't eat it. With lots of cheese around yeah. there. Oh, Swimming yes. in cheese. And, and tomato sauce. Well, I tell you, uh, Jim, we have a fantastic show scheduled. Another museum. and we've got, I know. we got Mr. Rod Graves on, and he's... Uh, from Virginia, and he has the Car and Carriage Museum in Virginia. And we're going to, uh, uh, Rod, welcome to America's Classic Car Show on, on America's Web Radio. We appreciate you taking your time, getting up early Good for us. Good morning. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to be uh, dissecting. <laughs> Is that a good way to say it? Oh, well, um First thing I want to talk to him about is ask him if that's a Springfield Rolls that he's got. It's a town car, I believe, and is it a Phantom 1 or Phantom 2? And he's got a Mercedes Tourer, which I'm going to guess is an S. But he's got. Uh, what, what, what order do you want me to go in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> usually I'm kind of jumping the gun there, but I went on the website for a little while yesterday and looked at it. But. Uh, You've got you have carriages too, and it's probably better that we start chronologically and let's talk about the your early carriages and then you know how it evolves into vehicles and then we can get into my uh, love gotcha. as we go along. But uh, how long have you been there, Rod? How long have you been uh, in the museum? Well, I've, I've, <laughs> I kind of say I've been there all my life. Uh, uh, born to the family of my father uh, I was president of Blu-ray Caverns and uh, he built the museum in 1957 and uh, um, I've been there for 20, 27 years now so it's hard to wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm senior vice president of the Caverns and uh, I oversee the, uh, the museum as curator and uh, uh, head of that So, well I see your uh Billboards on seventy seven when I head north all the time. So one, one of these years I'm going to just uh, turn and uh, come by and visit you. So that's incredible. Nineteen fifty seven, and and what is the oldest vehicle you have in the museum? Then uh, the oldest museum we have, uh, well, the oldest uh, car we have in the museum is an eighteen ninety two Benz um, that my father bought in um, uh, in. Uh, Paris, and uh, it was uh, found in a carriage shop there with a, uh, uh, a Peugeot from uh, uh, 1896, uh, and uh, and uh, it was uh, both, of course, very, very rare automobiles. 
Right. Um, and he actually had done very little to it. Uh, it's a one-piston automobile, vis-a-vis. Um, you know, not shortly after Ben's uh, wife rode down the road in, in the first one. So. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they replicated that car, if I remember rightly. Yeah, but this is not a replica car. This no. Is, this is 100% original. And, yeah. Uh, um, it's 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 an amazing artifact. Um, uh, the only thing that my father had to change to it was the fenders, where where it had been changed through the years, and he put it back like uh, his uh, um, studies had, had, had shown him and everything through research. So, uh, yes, yeah, an extremely rare automobile. Yes, yeah, I, I, I bet Mercedes has come over and tried to uh, acquire they have, it. They yep. have. They've looked at it many times. No, and it's, and it's not a parts car either. It's a, you know some of these some of these early uh, cars of that that um, period parts, and um, but that one's a hundred percent original. Other than the fenders, it's I've got pictures of it uh, before it was restored. It's just absolutely amazing. They just basically repainted it. So uh, that's kind of neat. Now you got did you acquire the Peugeot at the same time? Yes, sir, and, and I believe. Um, wasn't too far after that that uh, France uh, uh, established uh, laws that you couldn't take out uh, uh, certain antiquities out of France, and uh, right uh, right after that, and you know he started the museum in October of '57, and it was only the second transportation museum on the East Coast after Al's had, and um, so you know he was he was kind of a pioneer there in that regard, and something I'm real proud of. That's neat. Now, let's kind of go back even further. What is your oldest carriage that you have? We have the oldest um, we have the oldest horse-drawn vehicle in the Western Hemisphere on display. It's a 1727. Um, um, we've been doing research. It could be slightly later, but basically we think at this stage it's a 1727 uh, Portuguese nobility carriage in totally 100% unrestored original condition. And um, my wife happens to be Portuguese. Oh wow! Just total circumstance. Uh, the carriage was uh, it, it's absolutely elegant uh, in every way. It's uh, from head to toe it was handcrafted and um, and beautifully so. It would have been kind of a Maserati at the time. Oh and, gee! Um, yeah, really and truly, and it's it's just a fantastic uh, um, uh, you know uh, vehicle. It's uh, it's totally original. It has Rococo painting on the side and carving and gold gold leaf paint, and it's just absolutely incredible. And uh, I've done a lot of research on it in Lisbon at the Lisbon Coach Museum, and uh, but that's ongoing. Uh, so, and it's delivering some really incredible information. We're going to talk about soon. So. Good, good. Now, how many? Carriages? Do you actually have in the museum from the 1727 on forward? Well, we have. Um, we kind of moved forward into. We have a. We have a um, earlier kind of. Oh, well, fairly, fairly mid period Conestoga style wagon. Now, mm-hmm. those would have been called road wagons during the time. Nobody would have. That nomenclature wouldn't have been there at the time. But uh, they would have just called them uh, road wagons, and there were freighting wagons. That's mm-hmm. from 1840. Okay, that, that's from Pennsylvania. We have uh, a sleigh that belonged, uh, we think, to Ulysses S. Grant, even though we don't say that it did um, uh, in, our, in our interpretation. Um, uh, we 
pretty certain that it had belonged to him. That's a beautiful sleigh we have. Um, that was uh, 1890, uh, I believe. And then uh, the uh, we also have a visa v uh, um, carriage, uh, you know, uh, panel boot Victoria mm-hmm. uh, from right about the Civil War period. Mm, okay. And uh, we have a, uh, uh, a 1901 Surrey with a, a fringe on top. Um, <laughs> Well, we have some great. We also, also have a about a nineteen ten uh, 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 hack that brought um, brought people to the caverns from the railroad station in the early days. Oh, neat! Right after the railroad came to Lorraine. So. Is that and that's horse drawn? It is. See, right after the caverns was discovered in eighteen seventy eight, we had a huge boom in our community, and uh, we actually had the railroad redirected to our side of the mountain, which wouldn't have happened, but. Uh, Blue Ray Caverns was called the Discovery of the Century and was in all these big newspapers all around the world. And so a railroad came through the town and brought it actually an agricultural boom to the community uh, that wouldn't have happened otherwise to a uh, very desperate post-Civil War uh, economy. Wow, that that's incredible. And you've developed this and, and it's evolved into to quite a thing, I understand. Well, I mean... I've developed it. I've, I've only capitalized on my late father did, uh, Ted Graves. Mm-hmm. He was, uh, uh, I mean, it was his vision, and uh, I'm just trying to make it like he would have wanted to look if if he was here. So Okay. <laughs> and uh, so I'm just only capitalizing on his, his vision, and uh, uh, I have changed the museum quite a bit uh, in some ways, but trying to keep it his feel anyway. <laughs> Right, so. right. Well, let's let's talk about the uh, ones that run on gasoline. Yes, you, sir. You start with an 1892 Benz and then an 1895 Peugeot, and and just kind of give yeah, us that, the, that early that early Benz would, and, and the Peugeot would have run on horse benzene and uh, uh, you know really crude household fuel, right? Extremely volatile, as you know, and dirty. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, they were now the the Peugeot has got. Uh, Got a, a neat thing. It's a, uh, it's got a uh, uh, an ignition system that's uh, uh, kind of it's kind of strange. It's got a kind of a glow plug on it. It's hot tube hot tube ignition, and uh, so if your spark doesn't work, then this hot tube fires the, the engine. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's it's really amazing technology <laughs> with raw materials that these guys had that today I just don't. They were so creative back then. I just. Well, it's amazing what they did. Yeah, and I mean, look at their race cars. They had dual overhead camshafts and things like that right. back in, in the early 1900s. So, um, right. of the, the Peugeot, does it run now? Do you fire it up at times? Uh, no, the Peugeot um, would have a, I mean, it would work, but about 75% of the cars in the, uh, and automobiles in the museum are in operational shape now. Someone had more notes. I think we could get the Peugeot running. The Benz runs absolutely perfect. Um, mm. But the but the Peugeot is a little bit more complex. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think with a little bit of uh, four or five days, we could get that thing uh, without any problem at all. Yeah. Neat. Okay, so we go from the 1895 Peugeot, and then you kind of evolve into... I imagine you've got a Curve Dash Olds or a, a, a Model we C do. Ford. We do. We do have a... Um, uh, and the I met Mr. Rally. He's still alive in England. We have the third oldest rally in existence wow. uh, in the world. So uh, that's a real neat car. It's 
more of a glorified motorcycle than it is anything. Okay. Uh, but it has a seat in, in back with two wheels up front and a mother-in-law seat in the front of it. So um, it's a real uh, crazy car, and uh, uh, we do have the curved dash, and that's got to be one of my favorite automobiles. It's so much fun to talk about it being one of the, uh, really the first mass-produced automobile in the world of any consequence. Right. And um, ours is not the 1901, uh, but it's uh, 1903 and has... Um, not the uh, bicycle uh, tires and mm-hmm. rims. It has the, the artillery spokes on it. So okay. It makes it a little bit later, but it's basically the same car. Beautiful. Good. And brass-era cars, do you have a lot of... Well, I think my one of my favorite ones that, that Dad had there, he, he, he collected from the very, uh, you know, uh, average Joe to, uh, to uh, the very elite cars, and he had a great uh, spirit about his collecting sense. And when you come through the museum, you'll you'll understand that. Uh, but one of his favorites was a Delaney Bell deal from 1908. Mm-hmm. And it's got mahogany coach work. Mm-hmm. All he had to do is strip the mahogany uh, down from like eight layers of paint. And it's Honduras mahogany. And all the coach work inside is original from 1908. Wow. Absolutely incredible automobile with leather fenders, uh, with kind of a, kind of a, uh, a, a swan neck. Uh, Fender uh, mm-hmm. design and it's just just outstanding and um, that's that was one of his favorite automobiles and we have a Winton right behind that right uh, um, that that's supposedly uh, one of the oldest Wintons in existence um, it's very early 1903 mm-hmm. and we have a model in Ford uh, those are very not, rare every okay. day. <laughs> All right, we're, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, yes, sir. We're, we do one usually at fifteen thirty and forty-five. So give us a minute, and we'll be right All back right. to you. Okay, thanks. Thank you. The United States Justice Foundation, since 1979, has been dedicated to instructing, informing, and educating the public on legal issues confronting America. That means you and me. When necessary, this nonprofit organization has had to litigate to present the constitutional view. Since 1980, USJF has submitted testimony to the U.S. Senate on all but one U.S. Supreme Court nominee. Learn more about USJF by visiting their website at www.usjf.net. Support this nonprofit as it defends our rights, our liberty, and our Constitution. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we do appreciate you listening to America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Uh, 
On this Saturday, we've got um, Rod Graves from the Car and Carriage Museum in Virginia, and it's a it's a delight talking to him. And I've been listening to uh, you and Jim um, talk, Rod, and uh, fascinating. How many uh, did y'all go? How many total cars do you have in the museum, or at any one time? Yes, we have uh, fifty-five automobiles. And, and how often do you uh, turn these, and are they all yours, or do you bring in loaners? Yeah, they're all ours. At one time, uh, uh, we had several loaners, but those have been those have, uh, since left, uh, since I've been there. Uh, but uh, we, we have many other cars in storage. Uh, we have probably about uh, a little less than 20 in storage. So, uh, of course, a lot of cars and carriages and other en- engines and uh, period clothing and uh, uh, automobilia as well, so. Now, do you all uh, do you do your own res- restoration? Or we do. We do everything in house. We do farm some things out to uh, uh, several different uh, people from time to time, like White Post and uh, White Post Virginia. Uh, they're very famous in uh, other companies, but uh, mostly we're real proud of we do it all ourselves. And uh, that's something my father was real adamant about: is uh, rolling up your sleeves and figuring it out yourself. <laughs> now, now, you do pretty much. You say everything. Do you do everything from the body to also the upholstery and that type of thing? Yes, sir. Uh, and the wow. upholstery people are the hardest to find. Now, he was very, very fortunate to have um, a local fellow um, uh, that did that, and uh, well, they since passed away. But he was incredibly gifted. But uh, there are people out there, but they're they're to do it right to find that type of thing is really hard now. So, uh, do you have a director of restoration, or do you do it no, yourself? No, no, sir. We have a maintenance department, and we have a very skilled uh, man on uh, board that um, is actually the son of the man that restored all my father's cars. So it's, you know, it's a legacy for both of us, and um, he's been working for me for most of my career. Um, uh, since I came back, I did a restoration. I'll talk to you a little bit about, but uh, yeah, he's he's a great fellow. Wow. That you know, a number of museums, or it seems like more and more museums, are sort of shying away from any restoration. Do you? I, I'm in total accord. And my father was uh, a visionary in that regard. That he he didn't he had the whole rage. Gosh, all the way up to the '80s was to restore, 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 and he wanted to do as little as possible, nothing at all. And uh, he even kept some of the original tires and uh, uh, and paint and everything that he could. Uh, to show it because he felt like the, it, you're losing something with restoration. Yeah, well, and it's difficult today, first of all, to find lacquer. And a lot of cars were brush painted. Right. And right. nobody knows how to do that anymore either. So it's, no. it's amazing. <laughs> and uh, the upholstery. Steve's not here, but he has a 1910 Model T with a mother-in-law seat, and it's got, I believe they call it the diamond tufted upholstery, and he right. he yeah. looked all over it. About. Yeah, he found some gentleman in Pennsylvania somewhere. Yeah, the yeah, Amish and the, the the Mennonites. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes. yes, yes, exactly. Yeah, David just mentioned that, too. I'd forgotten that. Well, let's go on. Um, Unless David, have you got anything? Uh, well, it's too early for your question. That's it's too early. Yeah. So I'll, okay. I'll come back David has a special question, but we'll do it later in the show. Uh, sure. We're, we stopped at a Model N Ford. Now, was it was the C, the N, or the early A? Which was the first of the of the ones that Henry produced? Do 
you remember? Well, his his first his first automobile, which I always wanted to have, was a Model A. Right. Um, now we don't have one in our museum. We do have something very close to it. We have a tool body touring uh, car that was made by Cadillac. Of course, he had a great association with Cadillac and actually designed that car, the tool tool body uh, uh, Cadillac. And the the Model A, the first Model A, is like a a downsized version of that. As far as quality goes, you know, it just it's not as fancy, right? But uh, it's almost exactly the same design um, in many respects. But yeah, our model ends very early. Um, gosh, I wish I could tell you the exact order of his uh, <laughs> things. At the moment, I can't remember. I, I should know that. that, but that just, uh, that's fine. David and I have experienced this memory loss too. So, yeah, it's just that you know, Ford had a very uh, uncanny. Uh, way about uh, his uh, you know his uh, um, numerical systems and right. all kind of things and uh, uh, a lot of people think think that he was superstitious too so uh, um, I mean we do uh, have uh, uh, cars in there that for the, we have one car owned by Ethel Ford his son and latter part of the museum and uh, that's uh, there's only 13 of those made so uh, um, what, 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 he, uh, what car was that right I'm not familiar <laughs> Well, uh, that's that's a uh, uh, nineteen uh, uh, thirty. I'm sorry, nineteen forty. Uh, uh, Edsel Ford okay. uh, Lincoln. Lincoln. So it was right. made especially for for Edsel's family. Okay. It's a, it's a fabulous automobile. Only car in the, the museum with a radio. Oh, for and, gosh' um, sake! Oh, gee. <laughs> so. That that's interesting because, of course, Paul Crosley and uh, there were a bunch of other guys, Lear and in the 30s developed radios and uh, we had a show on that back in the what i say the early days probably four or five years ago and talked about things that uh had been developed for the automobile but let's go back to your museum for a minute we're up are we close to the end of the brass car era in 1916 or you, you uh, uh well dad uh dad had a terrific uh, uh brass age car it's a tremendous car it's a 1914 a locomobile. Oh wow! Uh, yes, and that thing is just a horse, and uh, of course, the considered to be the Rolls Royce of uh, sure the American manufacturing. And uh, strange enough, the locomobile started out as a steam car company, and um, uh, started by the Stanley brothers, and they uh, got kind of overtaken by very wealthy investors got on their board and they wanted to turn it into an elitist car company and they made just one of the most incredible automobiles I think ever made in America yeah. anyway. Well, and another one, I think you've got a couple Pierce Arrows, don't you? We have one Pierce Arrow and that is an extremely rare Pierce Arrow. Um, that Pierce Arrow, um, I don't have a model number in front of me, but it's the only uh, Pierce of that, of that age that was made in, um, uh, in Canada. And we oh. proved that several years ago by uh, an expert on Pierce's. And uh, that's totally original from head to toe. Even the, the tires are from that period. And uh, it's just an amazing automobile. What, was it made right across the border from Buffalo and Niagara? Or was it was, it? in, that, in that, that Niagara area, yes. Yeah, um, okay. Was was the expert Eric Rosenau, was that the Pierce expert? That, I believe so. I believe yeah. they're at a, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not in Lorraine at the moment, but okay. I believe, believe okay. that's correct. All right, all right, 
because he was uh, one of the best in the country. Anyway, put it that way. I had the privilege of uh, meeting him and seeing his restoration shop and stuff. Well, he's the man. Uh, the man's brilliant, and uh, yeah, uh, uh, and that was gosh, that was probably. 15 years ago yeah. he came by maybe 10 years ago yeah Eric's and uh, we were so excited about that fact yeah he's gone now unfortunately oh gosh so, I'm sorry yeah well that happens I guess to every one of us someday sure um well, let's see. You you just thrown me with that Pierce. I didn't realize they drove any across. Uh, we, can come, we can come back to brass. Age <laughs> yeah, now. let's go back to the brass cars for a minute. <laughs> but we kind of we get out of the brass age with the locomobile. Yep. And then we've got um, some terrific uh, automobiles. After that, we have a uh, we do have an electric car. That I didn't talk about. It's kind of prior to that. Beautiful. Um, Nineteen oh eight Baker Electric. Yep. And, uh, uh, actually, uh, the first lady came to, to see the museum, and that's, I'd explain to her, you know, that uh, uh, it's not the first time the electric cars were out. She was very shocked and couldn't couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, it, that was known as the doctor's car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess every doctor had one when they made yeah, house you calls. You couldn't hear them coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my heavens, what did it have, 12 or 14 batteries in it, I think, if I remember? Well, no, this one didn't have much of it. It had had two batteries in it and uh, would run for 25 miles on the charge. So uh, it would run about 25 miles per hour. That was kind of their sales pitch. Well, Nissan Leafs don't do much better today, so (laughs) (laughs) especially in the cold weather. But anyway, um, steam cars. Any stand? We, have a, we have a standing steamer, um, and that's one automobile that um, uh, would take a lot of work to get going mm-hmm. again, but it could. Uh, just at, uh, uh, it was one of the latter cars my father bought, and uh, he was uh, um, uh, kind of sold a bill of goods with it. It was missing a couple of uh, smaller parts in it, and uh, he got so disgusted, he just parked it in the museum and never messed with it again. But um, yeah, <laughs> but it's it's, it's the um, you know, nickel plating on the automobile. You're getting in kind of the nickel. Sure. Um, you know, kind of uh, non-brass age period, you know. Right, um, right. And we, right after that, we have a Chevrolet uh, that's a very early Chevrolet. Um, uh, we like to talk about We have a C-cab Model T. Um, those are rare. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a lot of car he bought as well. And when I came out of college, out of university, Right before I married my wife, I, I, uh, I restored a automobile for my father that was in storage all my life, and he was so excited. And he had had a stroke by that time, and he was really excited about getting into a neat project. And it's a, um, a 1932 Rolls Royce shooting brake, mm. and uh, it was uh, yes. coachwork was done by, uh, oh, well, uh, gosh. Barker. I'm having trouble remembering the name of it now, but anyway, uh, was it Barker? It was a very rare coach builder that only built cars most, or trucks most of the time. Oh, and uh, so we did a lot of research, and uh, it was a fun project, a very hard project. It was probably close to three and a half years of restoration every day. Now, um, is is it a Phantom One or a Phantom Two? No, huh, it's not. It's it's a twenty twenty five. It's a salon. It's a salon body. Uh-huh. Uh, it's um, gosh. Well, it's 1932, but it's not. It's not a, you know, it's not the Phantom um, grade of uh, automobile okay. by any means. Um, 
So it's probably one of the small horsepower cars, the 20 yeah, horse or the 25? It's, it's, um, it's a 22-horsepower automobile. Okay, field. right. Yeah. All right, beautiful. Well, you also uh, have a, what looked to me on the picture to be a Springfield-bodied Rolls. We do. We have two Springfield-bodied Rolls. Mm-hmm. Okay, and are they Phantom 1s or 2s? I think one of them is a Phantom 1, isn't it? Yes, they're both Phantom 1s. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Rod, I'm going to have to stop us here. We are up against a hard break. Uh, we'll be back with Rod Graves. And when we come back, we want to talk about the caverns as well and, and your relationship with the caverns. And, uh, Good idea. Great. And stuff. Yeah, Sounds great. So okay. We'll be back right after this. Thanks. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, and we want to remind everybody that we now have a representative in the U.K. Mr. Kevin Flood is our representative there, and uh, next week we'll have another one of Kevin's um, shows on from the U.K., and uh, he's he's doing exactly what we're doing, and that's... uh, Visiting museums via audio and uh, the radio station. So we're uh, pleased to have Kevin working with us. Fine, fine gentleman, and um, and it's fun. We also have a uh, representative full time, and and he has our press passes on all this in Israel, and we do uh, we do a very good show out of Israel called Insight to Israel, and want to invite everybody to listen in at ten o'clock on. Sunday mornings, 10 and 2, as a matter of fact. And this is uh, Michael Gano, and he's he's telling the truth about what's really going on in Israel. And amazingly, uh, we don't get all of the all of the story, but you will hear on America's Web Radio. Right now we've got Rod Graves on from the Car and Carriage Museum in Virginia. And Rod, I wanted to, before we get too much further, yep. talk about uh, your caverns that you're involved with and and I'll ask, uh, I'll ask Jim. This is the hard one. 
Jim, yeah. which which ones hang down and which ones go up in a cavern? You, you mean the, the stalactites? Tight to the ceiling and the stalagmites hold close to the ground. I used to be a spelunker, David. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes, until I got claustrophobia. Blue Ray Caverns was discovered in 1878, um, and when it was discovered, it was called the Discovery of the Century by the uh, New York Herald uh, newspaper. Hey, let me, I, I wanna, Rod, I want to stop you. I want to stop you right there. I'm, I'm yes. curious, how could something as large as that be overlooked in 1978? 18, it was, 18, oh, 1878. Yeah, 1878. That's still, 1878. That's, that's still uh, yeah. yeah. But still, I understand where you're coming from. It's 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 phenomenal what's out there that's not before our eyes, for sure. It's uh, I still marvel at it. Uh, I mean, it's it's uh, one of God's most beautiful creations, uh, in my opinion. Um, and when it was discovered, it was in a lot of London Illustrated newspapers, Harper's Weekly magazine. It was, it was a big deal, and um, it forever changed the valley, the Shenandoah Valley of Virginia, as well as uh, our little town of uh, Blu ray, and uh, kind of put us on the map, <laughs> so to speak. Um, but it was discovered by two gentlemen um, actually looking for a cave, oddly enough. Uh, they had this idea they wanted to uh, open up a cave, and sure enough, they ended up finding just a, their, their wildest dreams. <laughs> wow. And uh, we have about um, 60 countries represented a year and about 500,000 people a year visit us. Um, we have the uh, Shindle National Park right above us, which is uh, one of very few uh, Class A uh, um, uh, national uh, heritage parks uh, in the, uh, or rather national natural parks in the uh, our area. So uh, we're very fortunate to have that as well. But... Uh, I'm just curious, um, how how do you own the caverns with the national parks? Are they literally above you? Well, the national uh, park is, the Shinnan National Park is, is about 10 miles away from us. Oh, okay. okay. Um, we, are, we are a U.S. registered landmark uh, designation by the United States government. But my family uh, bought it, my great-grandfather bought it in, uh, at least in 1901 and bought it in 1905. And his uh, reasoning for buying it was not for tourism. He wanted to open up the first uh, uh, air-conditioned home in the world for uh, what they call speleotherapy now, and, and that would uh, help people with lung disorders. And uh, he had a wife with um, uh, tuberculosis, and he was in a rush to save her life as well as others that had loved ones that were in the same situation. So uh, uh, he was very successful at that, written up in uh, Poplar Mechanics and um at the time, and um, a lot of different other scientific magazines, and uh, was very successful with this, and then got older and uh, um, got out of that part of it and got more interested in the tourism part of it. And uh, uh, then my father developed it uh, further after World War II, and uh, then my brother John and I came on, and we've developed it. I built another museum there uh, called the Lurie Valley Museum, about an eight-acre project, uh, uh, all dedicated to the history of the Shenandoah Valley, uh, and it was its folk art and that sort of thing, and uh, uh, and anything having to do with the valley's history. So we're expanding it. But the Carton Carriage Caravan Museum was a was a real uh, a real bold thing. Dad was always kind of ahead of it, twenty or thirty years, <laughs> and I think it discouraged him at times. But um, uh, he he really has a, a great uh, you know 
is always bigger and better, but we're real proud of our collections anyway. Right. So. Did your, uh, our, our, let me ask this, and Jim, you mentioned the fact that you've seen the signs and so forth as you're going down. How do the people interested in the the uh, the cave and, and going into uh, the cavern, how do they cross with the folks interested in the car museum? Do they, or do you have people that say, oh, I don't care anything about going in the caverns, I'm just well, interested we, in the we, car? Well, we do have that. We do have people that come just for the, uh, our, uh, you know, our car and carriage caravan museum. Um, but we have a, our admission is a general admission ticket. And it, it covers uh, the uh, Leary Caverns, which is about an hour tour. And then uh, we have a self-guided tour at the car and carriage. And then we also have a small toy museum. And then uh, the larger uh, Leary Valley Museum, all included in, in one in, uh, uh, ticket. So uh, uh, they pay for everything. They can come back. Uh, you know, even uh, you know, several months later, as long as they have that ticket, they can come back if they haven't seen it already. So, wow. Wow. Uh, it's so... Yeah. David and I are big on grandparents taking their grandchildren to museums, and you have That's just awesome. Yeah, and and we want to do this with the National Auto Museum group, but it sounds like you've got so much added benefit. Now, do you have hotels or motels by you? Yes, that- sir. We have two two motels. So they're uh, Leary Caverns motels, uh, east and west motel, right there. Uh, practically walking distance from the caverns. Uh, you'd have to get in your car to go across the highway, but that's about how close they are. Wow! All right, and, and Lorraine, Lorraine is a delightful town too. It's a okay, very quaint uh, town that was established in eighteen twelve, and uh, it's um, there's lots of great things downtown to see as well. Great, yeah, because that that would fit right in. You you, you could just build a vacation around this. You really could. I mean, it's. I mean, Lurie Caverns, if he's, to see it properly, I mean, uh, a lot of people build it into a two-day um, event, and then toward the latter part of the day, they'll go see the Shenandoah National Park, which is about 10 miles from us, and they'll go down and see downtown Lorraine, enjoy the, the terrific restaurants and uh, our local uh, uh, fair down there. So Beautiful. All right, now <laughs> tell, tell us, you mentioned a ticket. Let, let's say I come and I bring my wife and two grandchildren Mm-hmm. What would that cost us for your, your ticket? Well, it's $26 per adult. Okay. And then your children, depending on the age they are, some could be free if they're a certain age. Um, and then after a certain age, they, they, they have a lower price. But uh, right. there's also um, we have senior citizens discounts. We have military discounts. We have group discounts. Beautiful. Uh, but uh, in essence, the, uh, uh, it's $26 per adult. Okay. And, and, Rod, what are your hours? Our hours um, change during the season, um, uh, but they're basically uh, uh, nine to about uh, seven o'clock. So okay, and, and you're open year round or year round. That's one thing that we're really proud of, um, and uh, we've been open every day, uh, every single day since uh, we opened to the public in 1878, uh, September 21st. To present, we've been open every single day without wow. fail. Well, wow, even Christmas and Thanksgiving. Even Christmas, even Christmas, okay. Easter, any any holiday. I work many a Christmas so we take. <laughs> <laughs> and you get and you actually get people there. We Christ- do. We get wow. a lot of a uh, lot of people there from uh, you know from other cultures as sure. well. As people that are Wonderful. just going, going to see Grandma and want to stop by and see the see the caverns. Oh, that's great. 
Well, regarding the caverns, how would I'm from the Southwest and I'm I'm been to Carlsbad many many right. times. How would you compare larger, smaller? Well, you know, I'm I'm ashamed to say, uh, you know, I've been to, I mean, I'm, we're part of the International Showcase Association, and I've seen caves all over the world, but I've never seen Carlsbad yet. I've seen mammoths like eight times, um, but it's, I mean, uh, caves are like people, uh, sir. They're 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 so different, they're so unique, and they're all special in their own way. But Blue Ray Caverns uh, is scientists say it's one of the most prolifically decorated caverns in the world. Hmm. Uh, we're the most visited caverns in the United States. And as far as a cross comparison from what I know about Carlsbad, Carlsbad's tremendous, and it's, it's got great stuff going on from the law I've seen, and I want to see it. But um, I've never seen a cave quite like Blue Ray Caverns. And, uh, you know, when the Lord made the caverns, it was uh, the circumstances which it was created were so unique uh, that... Um, it's it's hard to kind of repeat that. So, but there are beautiful caverns all over the world. But it's a it's, it's it is a world class caverns for sure. Beautiful. We were in the uh, one in Hawaii not too long ago. I didn't know there was one in Hawaii. Oh. Yeah, they had those lava tube uh, caverns. My brother okay. uh, yeah. uh, went over there and yeah. did that uh, with his girlfriend, and uh, they said that was really something neat to see. Yeah, I've been in Monmouth a couple of times in the caves, but. Uh, well, we need we need to pull out of the caves and back to the car. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> since, since this is a classic. Yeah. Uh, they uh, when Steve's here, he and Jim because they uh, they've been around me so long and they they appreciate my knowledge of the classic car hobby and industry. They let me ask one question that is very sure. technical and and I if I put you in a in a bad spot, I'm sorry, but. I'm going to go ahead and ask the question anyway. How many weddings have you all had at the museum? At the museum? Yes. You know, we've had, we, we have, have had none. Uh, we've had many, many thousands since 1879. Actually, a year after we opened, we had a wedding down there. In the caverns? Um, but we've had none in the Car and Carriage Caravan Museum because the court, Dad built, that's the only thing I can say that... Uh, major criticism I had toward Dad's design of the museum. It's so close. It's, I mean, it's uh, very hard to deal with at times, uh, the space we have. And so my brother and I are definitely going to make a an addition to the front of it that includes more modern automobiles. So, you know, the younger generation can kind of have a little bit more in common. Oh, yeah, I used to have one of those and, uh, type deal. And uh, so we're going to go up to probably 1970 here pretty soon. Uh, but we stopped in 1935. So, uh, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, you'll have but a we, we don't want to lose the flavor. We're going to keep it dad's flavor, but we're going to push out with, um, you know, uh, 40s uh, to to about 1970, and we're, sure. we're real excited about that. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, because yeah, have you started uh, started um, taking cars in? We have, we have, we have a lot in the storage. We've got a incredible um, Cadillac from 1940 uh, that's a, a convertible one. It's totally unrestored. And, uh, in fact, I fell asleep in the back of that thing in Florida one day, and the thing broke down, and uh, my brother John and I heard my father cussing outside and trying to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been there ever since that comes. <laughs> oh, wow. That's That's got to be a four-door convertible then, isn't it? It is. Yeah. You know, you know Rod, the it, more we it, the more we talk... 
I, I feel like uh, I'd like to be presumptuous and, and talk to you about the possibility of you adopting me. <laughs> well, we, we, we do accept uh, loans, but, uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, no adoption. We like to load most of our cars. Are you talking about you? Me, I want to come play with you guys. It sounds like you have it's more great, fun than I do. Yeah, yeah, he could be your new great, dosing. Great career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, you meet great people, and um, uh, I don't know if Bill people are special. Um, meet good people in certain hobbies and careers that uh, museum things right. that just don't get along but these people are just always wonderful yeah. people do you have a lot of car clubs show up or do you do events we do we do we cater to car clubs they were that was one of the first people to do that early on uh, one of the first um acca meetings right. was uh, right there at the caverns in uh 1950s late 1957 beautiful uh and uh so he he was like i said he was a real pioneer Good. Well, uh, Rod, yeah, we have to stop and take our last break. Uh, we'll be back with Rod Graves from the Car and Carriage Museum in Luray, Virginia, right after this. We'll be back. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. With all the back and forth in today's politics... It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show with uh, on America's Web Radio. We got Mr. Jim Weber in here holding down the round table all by himself today. It's a sh- little shaky thing for an old man. No, no, no. Anyway, and we got Rod Graves on from uh, the Car and Carriage Museum and the Lou Ray Cameron. This is the first I think that we've ever had a had uh, such an operation. Yeah, it's great. And, and, and this is fantastic. I want to ask, um, Rod, out of, you said you had about 50, 55 cars in the museum. How many uh, out of that do you all generally take out for exercising? Well, we turn our automobiles over uh, twice a year, uh, but we don't take them out as, as much as we should. Um, uh, you know, there's two schools of thought with that, you know, and I, I worry about my automobiles when they get out, um, getting banged up. And uh, we one of the reasons we don't do that, that we probably would otherwise, is that, like I said, the quarters are so tight, you can literally get a uh, feather between some of <laughs> Wow. Good <laughs> Lord. Uh, so uh, yeah. that's that's the circumstances. But, yeah, we do take some out. I own a, one of the cars I own myself is a 1933 Wolseley Hornet. Um, uh, special. 
Yep. And I just I just finished restoring that, and that's a lot of fun to drive around. And uh, but yeah, we do take the cars out for parades and uh, automobile shows uh, on occasion. That's neat. All right. Well, let's let's get into the beauty. Let's talk. I want to talk about the J12 Hispano first of all. What body's on that car? Uh, it's a salon body. Okay. And how yeah, long have uh, you it's, owned? It's uh, extremely uh, rare automobile. Um, right. It was in the 1935 Paris Auto Show. Okay. Um, it has a pig skin leather inside with um, uh, lizard and alligator interiors. Wow. Um, it's got gold, um, solid gold, uh, 24 karat gold bars that go down the side of the front of it. Mm. Um, it's got, um, of course, uh, uh, German uh, silver uh, adornments all over the place on it. Um, it's got pneumatic uh, little little levers that come out when you want to turn a corner for a turn signal. Um, it's just an incredible automobile. Now, when I first came there, uh, the uh, uh, glove depa- uh, gloves compartment was locked, and my assistant Wayne Bradley and I we broke into it. We finally got into it, and there was a day by day diary of that car of you know what they, when they changed the oil and how it drove, what kind of day it was when they were driving, who they met just a really neat car you know oh yes now where did your dad find it in paris um i'm gonna i think that he found that stateside that had a previous owner if i remember right it was bought in um uh, allentown pennsylvania okay all right but an incredible automobile um, yes but it, like i said it wasn't a 1935 paris auto show and uh wow um just what a what a, I'm, next to our other car which i'll talk about soon i think it's probably one of our our best automobiles in the museum rare in the rarest department anyway <laughs> right and and i assume the other one's the mercedes s yeah the mercedes s is so important um dad found that uh in new york uh and it's been in a fire and um but not a bad one uh, it was in a um, garage fire and it sold to him and the the worst part of it was the um the spokes uh, had melted to the ground because uh, the tires got hot, but the rest of it was in great shape. Uh, and um, but uh, it's you know the Mercedes S are so rare now. Yes, I've had some several many different people come look at it, and a lot of people think that the that the the engine to it, um, which has a supercharger on it, is unique. Right, right. Uh, they do have superchargers on the other ones, but this one is a little bit different. Um, but it's all original, and uh, uh, it has. Uh, uh, I got we got some criticism from a quote unquote uh, expert on Mercedes uh, years ago. Fellows passed now, but anyway, he he said that the white interiors on the leather weren't correct. Well, we have uh, proof positive when my dad was restoring it, they were covered over with another coat of leather, and they cut it off. And here was this beautiful white interior that had obviously you know gotten care worn. Mm-hmm. And it had the Mercedes emblem, uh, you know, uh, going on it. So Dad got all excited and repeated that inside. So it's got white leather interiors. Wow. Uh, hammer dash. Yeah. Um, man, what a what a car! I mean, there's like there's four, you know, pipes coming out of the the right side of it. Um, right. Right. It's, it's a lot of car. Well, th- there were two superchargers. There was the regular one, and then one they called the elephant blower, and that was a huge one that the SSKLs came with. Yeah, and this did, no. This has the more delicate one. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that. Car. But uh, but there but there's some some things about the automobile that are 
a little bit more unique, and uh, well, at least according to the elite uh, Mercedes people I talked to, and uh, I feel very confident they're right with that because uh, all the research I've done, right? Um, you know, uh, I mean, those, those cars are so rare. But it was it was used um, uh, early on as a pace car uh, for early racing in uh, Germany. Wow, different car was. Wow. So um, okay. Well, yeah. and the sad thing is, a lot of those were chopped up and made into SSKLs. You know, that brings across a great point, sir, uh, because the the um, the uh, wire wheel rims were, you know, beyond repair. Right. And it, so it halted my father's restoration in 1968, and it had um, they had gone beyond anything. So he went, actually went to Germany. Knocked on Mercedes doors and they said, "Look, this, there's no way you're going to find that because you all destroyed our factories in World War II." Oh, and, gee! But we'll but we'll keep knocking on doors for you. And three months later, he gets a call from Mercedes Benz, and they're all excited. They said, "We found the actual guy that had the uh, molds for these, and he kept them down in his basically his bunker or basement during the war, during the bombings. They survived, and they said that they would cast them for us." for free as long as we said it was the finest automobile made by mankind and I, <laughs> yeah, I couldn't argue with that <laughs> I well it, it, I agree with him too I yeah. mean, to me it's, it's got to be one of the finest Rod but before we go any further I want to we can't do what we normally do which is a, a little bit longer but give us a, just a very brief tour I assume that you have a gift shop uh, maybe a, a, a diner of some sort and uh, yes sir some of the other yeah, displays have, that you might we have we have uh, two um Eating facilities. We do have a snack snack bar, but we do have two restaurants on site. Uh, one uh, at the Caverns, uh, the Stalactite Cafe, and we have also the uh, Park Pine Cafe at the Luray Valley Museum. Uh, and uh, those are handcrafted sandwiches um, uh, versus what you can get this kind of traditional American fare across the road. Um, and uh, the Park Pine Cafe is really nice. We've got our own wines that we, uh, we we have a vineyard there at the museum uh, and uh, uh, we have a terrific vineyard in uh, Shenandoah County called Cave Ridge Vineyards that uh, uh, has been kind of uh, helping us start our own vineyard and uh, they have an incredible wine with our own labels and uh, uh, our own handcrafted sandwiches it makes for a pretty good lunch anyway <laughs> Yeah, we you could know, have a liverwurst I, sandwich. I'm beginning, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder about this interview and, and ask the question, what are, what are you all not involved in? Yeah. Well, we, have, yeah, we do have some great and terrific restaurants in town as well for, you know, after hours. Beautiful. Uh, like I say, we're, raised, we're very blessed with uh, uh, some really great establishments and places Good. to stay yeah. overnight as well. So. Well, you tell me about the toy museum. You have a toy. Is that part of the yeah, automobile? Yeah, the toy museum. Um, something um, my brother came up with, and then my, my uh, wife and I, and mostly to her credit, my wife Isabel, she did. Um, she and I worked on this thing for a year, just from scratch. Just kind of came out from nowhere, and I wanted to develop this toy museum that my brother had come up with, like uh, the brainchild with, and uh, we just kind of took the ball and ran with it, and. Uh, had some fun with it. We, it's a kind of a history of, of uh, basic history of toys uh, all the way up to present. And so people can really connect with it. Children love it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of, you know, automobilia um, and carriage 
uh, toys in there as well that my father collected that we could put in there and uh, we found some fabulous toys along the way too of course it was a lot of fun so, so basically it's called the toy town junction okay it has a train in the middle of it that uh, that runs all the time and uh um, you know, it's just, uh, you know, from Playmobil to, you know, uh, really early wooden toys, you know, it's, uh, it's wow. Uh, wow. a nice experience. So uh, basically what you're saying, if you come to your location, someone as young as I am and as old as Jim is, any age can enjoy this. <laughs> you know, that, that you'd be really good. I mean, you just see people that are they're older people and they're young alike that, that just to come you know, seven years old again, and it's a it's a delightful thing to see. And it, uh, you know, or you know, you see a couple of people say, "Well, I wanted that, but Daddy wouldn't give it to me." <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> type thing. But most people really have a great, great time bringing back that memory. Uh, you know, uh, you know, even their plastic toys to like they were very early. Uh, you know, Tonka toys and stuff like that too. So that's great. But, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, Automobilia, is that part of the car museum then? Yes. Uh, okay. we, we do have, um, we just got a really important sign uh, uh, that uh, uh, was on, uh, I actually got it on eBay. It's an Olsen sign. Okay. Um, and it's the only Olsen banner uh, that anybody knows of. Uh, it's very early and it's got great condition. We've got, just recently got that for the museum. And, you know, we've got signs and, other automobilia in the museum, uh, in the Car and Carriage Caravan Museum, that we have on display with the automobiles and carriages as well. So, good, good. All right, David. Any right, yeah, words last, of wisdom? Uh, I was just going to ask Rod for one last thought. We're going to have to close it out in about uh, forty-five seconds. So, one, one last thought, Rod. Well, I just I just hope everybody can come see the Lurie Caverns, and then I'll be on a. Um, it is, according to a lot of uh, uh, people, on their bucket list, and it's uh, it is definitely a bucket list place, and we're real proud of it. Um, like I say, uh, yeah, most of it uh, is God's creation. We just try to be good stewards of it, and the rest of it, uh, you know, is uh, fun as well. But the Car and Carriage Caravan Museum is a very special, special museum. Great. Rod, uh, we want to thank you for joining us today on America's Web Radio and the Classic Car Show. Jim, as always, thank you for you're coming welcome. in. Yep. And, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Next, oh, you're welcome. And uh, we want to invite everybody to go to the Car and Carriage uh, Museum in Luray, Virginia. Uh, wh- by the way, one last quick question. Sure. Where are you all close to? Luray is close to... We're, we're, we're 90 minutes from downtown Washington. I wouldn't, I, now, I wouldn't brag Virginia. about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Okay. We, Rod, we do appreciate it, and uh, we invite everybody to come back to America's Web Radio next week. We're going to have Kevin Flood from England uh, talking to uh, the Hot Rod Association in England. Wow. And, uh, so wow, that's it yeah. should be a, a very good interview. So uh, we invite everybody to stay tuned to uh, America's Web Radio for Food and Farm. Then we've got uh, America's Homegrown Veggie, the Master Gardener, and a brand new show starting today called Everyday Self-Sufficient. That's in case your grocery store runs out of groceries. We'll be back next week on America's Web Radio. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.